Good. Welcome to All Things Real Estate. The thing is, is like, it's going to get used. Hey, this is Jason from the Jason Wong team, and welcome to All Things Real Estate, where we take a deep dive into just that all things real estate. If you have been thinking about buying or selling, you have found your place. Hey, this is Jason Wong with the Jason Wong team talking all things real estate. Today, I've got a couple guests. As always, we got Hannah Kuda, uh, one of my teammates here on the Jason Wong team. Hey, guys. And then we got Drew, the master marketing magician with Epic Media. Yo. Yeah. And guess what? Drew's buying a house. So we thought it'd be a really good idea to have Drew sit in here and we're going to inform him on, you know, what he should know on buying a house in this market. All right. Let's just start out with being in position of buying a house. Drew, I know that you just got pre-approved through a local lender here, so he's pretty educated on that. Um, Do you know why it's important to have a pre-approval? Well, I think, you know, it's from even my perspective, just a lot of times how it works is I think you start to go look for houses that you want. Um, you start dreaming before you even know. And I even went through this. It was like one of those things that we thought maybe we could, you know, afford a, a certain price range. And then you start questioning. And so before you start to get sold on that house, um, just knowing what it is that you can actually afford. Right. And that's important in this market. There's a lot of buyers out there and they're just like, yeah, I can afford this. And they get want to go look at it. They get excited. And then we got to be just like, hey, that's cool that you're excited about it. But let's not like kill your hopes and dreams of affording something that you can't, you know. So getting that pre-approval, which, which you did and you knew your dollar value and you knew what you could be looking at, correct? Yeah. And I think what, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, again, I think a lot of times people start, they start having those conversations of buying a new house before they actually talk to anybody. And then the market is so hot right now that you don't get that pre-approval back right away. It could take 24 to 48 hours. And I think in terms of your turnaround time now and how fast houses are going, you might not have that long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three houses that we've looked at in the last week, I mean, they were under contract. A lot of te- time people are putting, given a few days to look at it. But if somebody throws a swinging offer in there, I mean, sometimes that day changes from three to two, to one, some people hold to it, some people can't because they've got such a great offer. And if you're not in position, what happens? Then you can't get it. I mean, um, we've done, you know, quite a few offers the past, you know, few weeks. And if you don't have that pre-approval, I mean, they'll throw your offer right out the window. That's the first thing they want to see um, with the market so hot. They don't need a buyer without that pre-approval. And circling back to a lot of people, you know, they're just throwing around the idea of buying a house. They start looking, they start looking at houses and then they fall in love with something they can't have. Right. So absolutely. If, mm-hmm. yep. um, so, so Jason, how do you, so if I'm starting to, if I'm starting the process, what is a pre, how do I, how do I go talk to somebody? Is it something I do on my own? Is it best to get with a real realtor right away? Or what, what do you suggest? Well, right. Most importantly is having a good realtor on your side. That's going to walk you through the steps of what you need to do, where you need to go. And I've got, you know, a handful of good lenders in the area. Um, I'm going to give you one, two, and three and let you kind of make a decision from there and put the ball in your court. I think it's a good idea to shop lenders uh, and to find the person that's going to work with you. I know, um, you're working with uh, with Todd Vergruzzi. He was on our show last time, and uh, 
I mean, you guys seemed to hit it off good, and the connection was made, I assume, right? Right. And I, but even from my standpoint, like, I don't know. He was who I was going to go to, right? And so what information do I need to go back to him on in terms of to know when you talk about comparing lenders, what are the differences or, like, what can potentially one? So I get a pre-approval back from him. What is the benefit to potentially looking at another lender? Well, rates. Rates is a one thing, you know, like – there are some mortgage lenders out there that, you know, they vary across the board. Um, I've seen a 0.5% difference. I've seen a 1% difference. Um, and that, that's, that's a huge part because if you take a look at your payment, 1% is huge. Even 5% is huge. It really could make the difference of you being able to afford this house or this house. Another question you asked is what's the difference of, of lenders is like having a good, like, let's just say rocket mortgage, for example. Who do you talk to at Rocket Mortgage? Five or six different people, right? There's realtors in this area that are like, Rocket Mortgage? I mean, what's your first? I mean, you got to call about five people till you get to the one that you want. <laughs> right, so. exactly. So to have a local lender, like when I see offers come in as a listing agent, if I see some conglomerate that's on the internet, I'm not going to name, I probably shouldn't be naming names here, but if I see a, a big company that's on the internet and that I've dealt with before and it's like, uh, you know, yeah, we want to take it. But if I see a local guy that I know I can call him on a Sunday, I can call him on a Monday at six o'clock at night or at six o'clock in the morning, if I really needed to, there's something to be said about that. And I think Drew, um, I mean, is that what, what sold right. you on a good local lender? Or? Well, I'm, I'm about the relationship. And so the fact right. that, you know, I send him a Facebook message and it's like, Hey, I'm looking at buying a house and that's how we communicate. Right? Like it's not, it's nothing crazy. It's a very personal relationship. It's somebody that I feel I can trust. Um, and it's the same thing from a real estate agent too. You know, when you're looking at buying and selling, just being able to have that personal connection um, yeah. is, is huge in today's world. I mean, let's just be honest. Like when we hit the closing table and it's all over with, it's like, wow, are we breaking up? But not really. Cause you want to like keep friends with everybody afterward. I mean, you make some lifelong relationships, right? When, mm -hmm. In real estate. So, and so I've gotten, now I've gotten a pre-approval. Then what's the, what's the next step for me? Let's go shop and pick, figure out who you want to use as a real estate agent. Um, and that's, that's kind of huge. Um, you know, whether or not it's your friend or it's somebody that you've seen on social media or whatnot, interview a few of them, you know, see who's going to jive with you the best. Cause it, here's the deal. Like some real estate agents after six o'clock, guess what? They're not going out. Um, me, on the other hand, or other agents in this market that you might choose, I mean, you know, you want a go-getter. That's all there is to it. Pick a go-getter that jives with you the best and don't make it personal. Make it what's, what's best for you because everyone's got three or five friends that know a real estate agent that say, use this person, use this person, use this person. I'm not saying you should use us, but maybe I am. <laughs> well, it's important, it's important to, to find somebody, I think, that, you like you said that you can drive with it. the communications there that you're not annoying each other like your personalities click and I think somebody that also understands your style right um, because at the end of the day the market is you don't want to be wasting your time and so if you can find somebody that you go hey these are kind of must-haves you right. know maybe I maybe I'm open to a fixer-upper or maybe it's not at all like I want to be able to move in day of closing and not not right. have to renovate and some, some are like that, some aren't. And so it's, it's finding somebody that will sit down and talk to you that way. Again, you're not wasting each other's time because at the end setting of the day, expectations. Yeah. They're, right. you're right. paying that real estate agent to be able to go find that and do that work for you. 
Right. And another thing is sometimes when you look at a house, you don't really know what you want yet. So when you start talking to an agent, you know, they can start deciphering that, you know, they'll actively look for you. Um, after you look at a house, you can debrief, say what you liked, what you didn't, and then go into the next one, knowing if it'll fit you better or be something that you should shy away from. So I think that's something really important is knowing what you want when you go into it. You know, bedrooms, bathrooms, do the cabinets matter? Do you need a fenced in yard? You know, what can you be flexible on and what can't you? And are those things that you guys are asking potential clients? Because, you know, there's the whole the saying, you don't know what you don't know. And so how do you guys go through, you know, kind of that first listing or that first, even just that first meeting to start to uncover some of those needs? Right. I yeah. think in today's market, with it being incompetitive as it is, it's setting those expectations of, you know, um, what do you want in a house? Like Hannah was just talking about backyard, you know, front yard, bedrooms, whatever. Um, but really at, in this market, a lot of people I think are just looking at the minimums, right? Like we want to see a three bedroom, two bath. And if it's in the cross, take us through it unless it's a complete dumpster and we don't want to see it. You know, um, some people are looking to build value. People are, some people are just wanting turnkey. So setting that expectation of what to look for. So one hand is not looking at 13 houses with somebody and like, Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Here we can put, you know, searches together or real estate agents can put searches together that really go towards their specific needs because who wants to go look at a house at 630 that's just a, not in your needs, right? Drew, you know what you're looking for. You put um, what you wanted together for your real estate agent and um, it was a pretty smooth transaction at that point, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, and I think the thing is the more that you start to uncover, right, the needs three days ago weren't what they were today, you right. know? And so I think as you start to think about them, and I think that's where having that relationship with your real estate agent that you're not going to annoy them. Like you're not going to, and that back and forth to be able to go, Hey, actually I also want this or also I want this. And eventually, you know, you, you need to have that relationship for somebody to say, you know what, like you're probably just not going to get that right at that yeah. price, or you're not going to get that in this market or as quickly as you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you want somebody that you're, you know, comfortable working with and ultimately enjoy. You know, it should be a fun process. Like a lot of times, you know, moving is stressful, but ultimately it should be exciting and you want somebody on your side who can share that excitement with you. All right, let's get back to expectations on what your buyer should know about when putting an offer in on a home. And let's just really talk about price right now. Um, I know in this market, one house hits the market that's a hot after, sought after home, I guess you could say. Um, and what happens? There's what, 30 buyers, 15 offers, 10 offers in the matter of what, 24 hours? 24, 48 hours. That's pretty typical right now. Right. So setting that expectation for your buyer, I mean, what would you say, Hannah, as far as like, say there's a new property that hits the market and it's a medium price at that, like, let's just call it 175,000 bucks. I mean, do you think that this is a market right now where if there's 30 showings in two days and there's 10 offers. I mean, what are the expectations that you're setting for your buyers as far as price goes? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing that you should know as a buyer is just make sure that price point is comfortable for you, right? Like you want a house that's great for you, but you absolutely want it to be a comfortable payment month to month. You know, like don't get caught up in, you know, we can do that extra 20 grand and then it ends up being stressful. I mean, when you look at houses, say it's listed at 150, you know, you got to be prepared to bring your highest and best and still be comfortable if you are to close on that house. Yeah, that's that's just it. It's like you need to be comfortable in your payment. You don't want to be house poor. 
But again, to win a house, you need to be competitive depending on that certain property. Now, Drew, Drew's buying a house right now. Um, he's buying a new build. Um, he kind of gets to pick and choose what he wants to do. That's a lot different than being a first-time home buyer with a strict budget of where you can be where there's 30 other buyers right now in that price range. Do you agree, Drew? Yeah, I think that's the the benefit we have is that we're not we don't have to sacrifice um, certain things. And so where we get to, you have a little bit more time. And I think when you're buying a new home, you know, and we were looking at other houses and stuff before, and you start looking at the price and you go, the price listed isn't probably the price that we're going to be able to offer. And so then it's just a guessing game. And I've heard, you know, people losing bids on, you know, 16, 18,000 over, and you're still losing it. And it's like, okay, that's tough when you look at a price at a house that's maybe at 250 and you know you have to you you may have to go to 270 um to be able to get that bid and I think that's where to your point Hannah where you talk just calculating your budget and then you have to like is that is that house worth it right now and so finding that real estate agent then they can look at what is it that you want that you're comfortable with yeah and I think if if you're not comfortable with a price that you have to offer and you've got a real estate agent that's pushing you saying, hey, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, or you're going to lose it, there is truth in that, right? But again, don't let them push you into something that you have to pay month after month after month. That's not that's not cool. That's not. It goes back, I think, even to the, the, um, the pre-approval, that sometimes you get pre-approved for more than you can afford. Sure. And I think you kind of, did you just not experience that? Right. I mean, you know, you and your wife, you guys are buying a house, you're getting a pre-approval. And I mean, you know, we're, I don't think we're back to 2008. Um, but again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Right. And, and you have to look at your whole budget. And so I think it's something that you guys don't need to be going through their entire budget, but it's definitely something for buyers to think about and just start running the numbers after talking to that lender, look at the house and just realize, you know, some of these houses might be 25 years old. When was the roof done? When was, you know, the, the furnace, the air conditioner, sure. and just be prepared for some of those expenses that may come from some of these houses. So let's get back to like the median home buyer, not the brand new home, but like what's happening. The home, homes in the, like, let's just say the lacrosse market right now. Um, there's a lot of buyers. They want to get into them. It's very competitive. Um, my advice is stick with a number that you're comfortable with. Don't like if, yeah, maybe five grand is only a difference of five bucks, 10 bucks on your mortgage payment. But I mean, you know, yeah, you can lose a couple of coffees a month, but let's not be taking food out of your kids' mouth and just like keeping you up at night. You know, I mean, some people are driven that way, right? You know, and right. yeah, I also think too, like when you're looking at houses, you can understand the value of it too. Like, can you finish the basement? Can you redo the carpeting? You know, can you put in a new kitchen cabinet? And then um, house prices, they're still increasing. You know, they've gone up drastically in Wisconsin as, um, you know, if you're a buyer, you can, you see that. Um, but also think about like, what can I do to this house? Does it have good bones? You know, how's the foundation? How's the roof? And, um, bones <laughs> you just red lighted there um so now you so you put in an offer what's next what's next is cross your fingers because let's just be honest um you can have the best real estate agent in the world and and i've gone up against them there's there's well maybe not in the world but i mean there's a lot of good agents in lacrosse and you know we're we're all 
you know, revolving door, bumping elbows, saying hi. And there's a lot of good ones out there. And let's let's be honest. I've written some offers and let's rewind. Setting the expectation of just because you offered a banging, no contingency, greatest offer that you, I, I, like I said, I've put offers in where I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe we didn't get it. So don't tell your buyer it's a shoe in. We're going to get it because the reality is we really don't know what someone is willing to spend on a house right now. And the prices on homes are crazy and you just never know. So, you know, when putting in an offer and what to expect is you're either going to get a yes or you're going to get a no. Um, and don't get too emotionally involved in a home until you know, you've been accepted. I, I see a lot of people do that. They get super, super excited and you just got to break them down to level a little bit and just say, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing our best job here. And I always tell people this, if we don't win this house, there's going to be another one listed. There is, and we're going to go look at it. And you know what? You might just love that one just a little bit more. Sometimes it's just meant to be, and it's hard to go through that Nope, sorry, not accepted. You know, for me, as much as it is for the client, um, but just know that right house is out there for most clients, and you know, you'll find it. I, I think that wholeheartedly, Hannah. I know you've seen that firsthand. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's definitely exciting when you get the home. But let's talk a little bit about looking at those homes, right? What to look for when you're walking through them. Um, you know, you're in that first home. Your realtor's showing you the home. What are you looking for? You know, because every their stuff's in it, right? Their furniture, maybe that smells a little bit like a dog. Maybe you know you don't like the paint color. Um, it's it can be hard to look past that stuff, but I think it's really important to envision your furniture. You know, think wow, I can paint this room white and it'll really brighten up. You know, like look at core things. Do they have the natural light? You know, look at the flow, look at the space. Um, yeah, don't like hate a house because of the paint color, right? Yeah, a lot of people do. So as a buyer, I mean, think about that, you know, paint's cheap. You know, a little bit of flooring, a little bit of, you know, your personal spin on something. You know, sometimes I'm not telling people that they should settle for something, but they should really think of the value, what they could do to put, you know, maybe I put five grand in and I'm going to get 10 back out. You know, I bought a house last year. I mean, the house was beautiful on the inside. The exterior made it so people weren't offering on that home. Now we've done all those things to make it beautiful. And I guarantee right now, if I list my property on the market, it's the investment that I put into it was well, well worth it. And I think Drew, you're going to see that right now, building your new home, you know, you could cheap out and do the the most little, or you could put, you know, these extra lights that you're talking about in. And really at the end of the day, in two, three, five years, if things are still on the upswing, it's going to be worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think, and I know we're going to talk about from a seller's perspective in the future, but sure. um, just being able to see that as an, either an investment or your forever. And so it's, you have to decide, is this, is this something that I can move into? and remodel you know and it's it's the stuff it's it's as big as little as you want it can be from a paint or it can be from a wall you know there's a lot of older homes that maybe you know the open floor concept now is is popular in my old house that i had it was amazing once we took the wall the one wall out that didn't need to be there right how open the whole place was and it's yes it costs money um but you find somebody and you look at like you said maybe put in 10 grand into it and you just raise the value of your home 20 grand or you're just happier with it. And so, you know, you can look pat if you can look past all that and you have a good realtor that understands some of that to be able to show that to you or, or open your mind to that 
it's super important. Sure. Yeah, I got a gentleman that um, we just recently got accepted off for on a home. And walking through those homes was he was building the value. Like, what can I do this home? I can live in it for two years, three years. Yes, this isn't going to be my forever home, but I can put five, ten, fifteen grand into it. And you know, you look at other homes in the in the in the in the neighborhood that are selling right now that are going for two forty five, two fifty five. I mean, he's not too far away from that by you know adding a little bit of value into the home. And where's he going to be at in a few years? He's going to build some equity. He's going to sell it for a lot more, move into a newer home, and probably buy that forever home. So, I, I always tell first time home buyers, how long are you going to be here? Is it going to be here five years? You're going to be here ten years? Is this your forever home? So, you know, you know, I don't know. I mean. It's it, this market's tough right now. There's no doubt. I mean, you can agree to that. Hannah. It is. It definitely is. But I think you know, it's worth know. it when you have that home. I mean, let's talk through as a buyer. So you get the pre-approval. You set your budget. Um, you start. You find an agent. You find a house you love. You get an accepted offer. Then what? Right. Let's talk a little bit about the then what. Um, you put your earnest money in and then you got to take it to closing. I think something really important um, that some people don't know is don't do anything to, you know, affect your financial situation. You mean, I think what she means, Drew, is don't buy a boat right now. Don't buy a car right now. Don't buy a new lawnmower. Don't, don't buy the furniture. For your new house on credit yet. What are you going to do right now, Drew? What have you been instructed to do? Well, luckily I've been through the process before, sure. you know, and so it's, you know, and working at the satellite retailership, we had people do that too, where they start, they go before the closing, they go get satellites and it's a ping on the credit score. Yeah. And so where you're literally doing nothing, like try to freeze the accounts. Yeah. Don't add more credit card debt. Don't add, you know, things that you don't think are going to ping your account or at least but, talk to your financial right. guy that's financing your home um and say hey i'm gonna go buy a new car if you don't have any debt like your dti your debt to income ratio is like you know absolutely nothing i mean yeah maybe you can go buy that car you know and still be okay but until you do anything especially as a first time guy buying a new home you don't want to do much of anything. I think all. that's a good point is that just because you have an accepted offer, just because you have a pre-approval doesn't mean that the house is yours. Sure. When is the house right. yours? When you close and when you have the keys in hand, right? Right. You sign on the paperwork, you sign the paperwork and get keys the wire are in hand. from the bank, get the keys, then go buy the furniture, get that Ferrari, <laughs> whatever you want to know. I just totally kidding. But, but how long does that, how long does that process usually take from accepted offer to, you know, closing de table. depending on if it's government or if it's conventional, I mean, what do you normally see in Hannah? I would usually say, you know, eight weeks, six weeks if you're conventional. Eight, I mean, sometimes if you're a first time home buyer and you do zero down loans, those get a little sticky um, and it can take, you know, 10 weeks. But Pra I would appraisals say appraisals can kind of maybe depending on how busy the market is right now. Right. I think appraisals are getting done a little bit faster right now. So like, yeah, you're right on the conventional probably get through in about six weeks you know any government i'm usually writing eight weeks or sooner um just to to, to be sure because just unfortunately things can get a little bit delayed sometimes right. due to you know there's a lot of moving parts and in a perfect world we can get all our stuff down but i mean title work can sometimes be a little bit delayed because of this that or the other or the appraisal because of this that or there's some peeling paint or there's this or that that's just making it take a little bit longer so accepted offer to close about two months, right? So a lot of people as buyers, you know, they're renting, right? So they have to buy a house and, co and coordinating that in the end of your lease. So Jason, what do you think if you're renting before your lease is up, how many months should you give it before you start looking for a house 
for that process. You know, just as far as a renting side, that can be usually easily dealt with unless you've got some stickler of a landlord that won't let you sublease. I mean, leased properties right now are, I wouldn't say they're hard to come by, but I mean, the market is moving fast and it's like, I think rentals are flipping pretty fast right now. So um, I think if you talk with a landlord, it's kind of a hard question to answer because if you talk to a landlord, they might be like, Hey, I got a guy that would be willing to move in right now. You can be out at the end of the month, you know? So um, I mean, if you're renting, I wouldn't let, if, if you find a home that you love, I probably wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, unless you just rented a place and you're stuck in a year and the guy's not going to do it, maybe it's not the right time. But I mean, if you're four months away, five months away, six months away from your lease being up, I think I, I, I met with a new buyer yesterday. Um, they're done in August. We're going to start looking right now. If the right deal comes along, he's pretty confident that um, his landlord will be able to work with him. So each of those situations are a little bit unique, I guess. Case by case. Case by case. I mean, Drew, you're renting right now. I mean, are you in under lease right now? Yeah, it should be timed out, though, pretty good. Um, you know, we're shooting on a May closing date, um, which means mortgage first mortgage payment wouldn't be until probably July. Sure. Um, and I'm up at the end of June here. So we may have a month and a half. Right. Still in both places, but not needing to pay that first mortgage payment until july and so timing should work out but even so we were okay with paying two months um just so we didn't have that stress because i would much rather have a month and a half i'd rather pay my rent here and move out slowly than be like trying to time it all up just in case something happens just in case the build isn't done just in case the closing gets pushed back just in case something you know i, I don't want to say like hey we're going to be out at the end of may if we're not going to be out at the end of May. And, and let's be honest. I mean, we've had some deals where, you know, they're, they're going to be out at, on February 26th. And next thing you know, closing gets pushed till March 4th or 5th or something like that. So, I, you know, it goes to setting expectations and informing your buyers to say, hey, you know, if you need to be out this date and something happens, just try to have an extra place to stay or somewhere to go or a hotel room. Just keep that in mind. You might have a few days in between where you might be in limbo. All right, wrapping up here, I wanted to thank you guys for listening to our second episode of uh, All Things Real Estate. I wanted to thank Hannah Kuda for joining us today. And I wanted to congratulate Drew on the purchase of his new home. And thanks for joining us today as well.